0: Doing this again.
1: Wait, what are we doing?
0: Yo, you know. No? Wait Wait a minute. You hear that?
1: (gasps) What is it? I
0: don't know. It sounds like it's getting closer. What the fuck is that? (laughs) That's right. Rotten Mornings Podcast is coming back at you for season eleven. The same old blah blah bullshit you've always expected from us. Remember? Rotten Mornings Podcast. Season 11. I forgot that part. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rotten Mornings. I'm Matt.
2: I'm Grim. I'm Carrie,
0: and we are so glad to have you with us this morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's been busy, even though we had a free weekend. Still busy.
2: <laughs> Where did the free weekend yeah, go?
0: What the fuck? We are now. <laughs> it wasn't, we are now pretty much booked until next fucking year. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we're gonna start with the recap. recap. Yeah. Woo! Exactly.
0: Re-recap.
2: <laughs> okay. So, of course, we did a lot of posting, uh, posting our TikToks, um, doing a lot of editing. Matt's been doing a lot of editing. I did some editing on CapCut, released a lot of different videos, blah, blah, blah. And uh, who came to see us? Uh,
0: Bertie Shaw came down and saw us at the book, Ash. He also, uh, when he was down last, he helped me film our last book video also.
2: I wasn't there for that, but I did get to see.
0: Yes, funny stuff.
2: Yes. Made some TikToks in McDonald's parking lot. Yep,
0: with the weird BP lights that are fucking alien.
2: Went down to, I think we talked about this last time, how we went down to Conjure. Was that in the last podcast? Yeah, that
0: would have been the last podcast. Okay, yeah. we did. Okay, Because well, that was on Sunday. Did
2: some editing of that and posting videos yep. and pictures and stuff. So, yeah, we are, of course, as you know, we're in August still. And uh, a few days ago, it was Clown Week.
0: Yes, this is still Clown Week. It's still Clown, Week. <laughs> Clown Week.
2: Um Clown Chuckles the Clown posted an online charity auction post yes, that
0: we showed. Um, We're actually, uh, they're doing a lot of charity auction work where there are people like donating masks and donating all kinds of other things and rotten We'll be donating a date with Rotten that you can bid on that we will be going on with you uh, probably Saturday night after CreepyCon. And if you're going on
2: a date with Carrie and I, you're probably not in the best predicament with that. Yeah,
0: so that should be interesting.
2: Um,
0: (laughs) But we will be doing that auction at our booth at CreepyCon. That'll be at, Mm -hmm. I believe it's 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Uh, and they will do it live. Uh, we'll have all kinds of cameras and stuff. But before that, we have Emily Bloom from Bloom's FX uh, doing body painting at our booth Fuck on Friday this. also. That's fucking badass. I'm so
2: excited to see her and yeah. see her work in person like that. Yes. And like, I, like, love this, her to death. She this is, is awesome. making my heart race. Like I'm so happy yeah. right now. I love body painters. She is such a great artist. Yeah, I is. love her work
0: so uh yeah uh the hangman's house of horror is looking for new hirees for 2023 so give them a look uh i believe that is where the unrights work at
2: yes yes, and they yes. are doing their
0: hiring so if you're anywhere near their area look them up and go work for a fucking phenomenal family
2: Posted a video of Mr. Fuzzy Pants. What was he doing? Snorting hay? Yeah, he was like chewing
0: hay or something. (laughs) He was screaming hay at you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I beat the crap out of him after that video. Uh,
0: Another uh, uh, haunt that we have. discovered they've been here for a while we haven't actually done any business with them is uh nyctophobia and uh, we've tried to reach out to them and see if they wanted a commercial and hopefully we get to go check them out for haunt season this year because i have not been able to get out there uh, another haunt that reached out to us uh, south bay nightmare and uh, we're going to try to get out and do a commercial for them our schedule is super super booked but you know what fuck it who <laughs> who wants rest? Wrath is when we're dead.
2: And the three of us went out to Hellbilly Hollow.
0: Did. We got a whole bunch of different pictures at Hellbilly Hollow. of uh, We did sort of a, a slim video day where we got a couple of videos and got some stuff. Super I fun. I must
2: say, Carrie was looking very fucking hot that day. Oh, baby. <laughs> she was strutting her stuff. And my panties were hanging out yep. all fucking she had Her
0: panties were bright pink through her very thin black dress. It was so, a mesh dress, yeah. and I didn't know.
2: I, I put on it on in the bathroom, and I didn't see my panties through that, but outside you could see. And I'm walking around with my panties just in my bra and everything. You can see everything. And I'm like, oh, fucking well. I oh work with well. these people on hell night. <laughs> yep. Nobody said shit to me. Nobody told me anything. I didn't notice until the pictures. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, Screamville. In only eight weeks, they will be opening up. Screamville is an amazing haunt. Uh, there, uh, the guy who runs it, uh, that does all their work for him, Doug, and of course, Mr. Biggs works out there. Biggs. Uh, so we we love you, Screamville. You guys go check out fucking Screamville this season up in Tennessee. Uh,
2: Tennessee. Love those cats.
0: That is a fucking amazing haunt. Uh, Haunted Hollow of Valley, Alabama, another haunt I don't know about, but it's been around. For, well, apparently they are new for 2023 or this is new props. I don't know. They've been around for a while. We have not heard of them. Haunted Hollow of Buell, I believe it is, even though it says Valley on that. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. We're
2: definitely going to be learning but about this we,
0: haunt. We are definitely going to learn about this haunt. Go check them out this year. You guys should as well. If you're near either Buell or Valley, whichever one it is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I don't know how to... Because their
0: anything. website we is know, Haunted House of Buell, but on the poster it says Haunted House of Valley. Ah,
2: I'm not sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... Carrie and I got to see a beautiful moth one morning like 3 days ago I yeah. think and holy shit it was absolutely Doesn't gorgeous. that
0: look cuz when I saw it it looks like the same moths that their wings look like snakes when they're perched on something so snakes don't eat them.
2: Yes I, I, I believe so because it had the because eyeball it that, with the it looks like face the head, yeah. like the, like a yeah. poisonous one because it's like a V yeah. look. Yeah um, so, it actually wasn't a moth. It's a fairy. And it perched on my boob and told me secrets.
0: Yeah, a furry little fairy.
2: Yeah, it was. In disguise.
0: In disguise. Yeah, and there you are. South Bay Nightmare had reached out to us asking about sharing their stuff out. So, of course, we fucking will because we love haunts. And uh, Scott got to go to South Bay Nightmare a couple uh, years ago. And it looked like it was a fucking hell of a time. It might have been last year. But uh, they are... Hiring right now for security, for builders, for concession workers, for parking lot helpers. I love it. Anybody. And they say text haunt to 251-554-0392. If you are interested in checking that out. That's all the way down in South Alabama, right there on the, the double pan handles.
2: Holler and haunt.
0: Yes, Hollerin' Hots, where our boys and girls, Smokey Blinky and Psycho Skittles, have gotten their jobs this year. And they have posted up their schedule. We shared it out on Rotten. They open on Friday the 22nd and will be open all the way till November the 4th. Mm -mm. So yeah, go check them out.
2: And (coughs) this is like the weirdest shit that's been happening. But every time we upload a YouTube video, we get a reel of it on Facebook. It's yeah, a there's a, it's pro- like
0: YouTube is is making these reels for us. It's very, very strange. They keep popping up and they're like well edited and it makes us look like assholes. But I guess we kind of make ourselves look like assholes. No, no,
2: it's definitely like Facebook or YouTube. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they just keep the, these hilarious reels from cut out versions of uh, the S-DOM, the Sweet Dreams of Morning, that we do every day on YouTube. Go mm-hmm. check us out on YouTube at Rotten Reviews. Uh, somehow a reel gets made and put up on our Facebook. It's the weirdest shit. shit. I can't figure it out. Our fucking hackers are geniuses. (laughs) (laughs)
2: You think it is hackers? I don't know. I think it's just YouTube. (laughs) And And a reminder for Hell Night. That's right.
0: A reminder again. Hell Night is the 15th and the 16th of September. Come out. Have fun. It is an amazing time. We have so many fucking people that are going to be out there. You guys are going to fucking shit yourself with glee. And it is going to be dirty. So remember 18 plus with an ID, a valid ID, not an expired ID. If you do not have an ID, one will not be provided for you and you will not be allowed in the haunt. So ID it, but come out. It is going to be wild. And I just learned today that Tim is going to be selling re, like infinite tickets. So if you come out and you buy a regular ticket that will put you through the house, Cool. But if you come out and buy an infinite ticket, you can hang out in the haunt all night long and go through the haunt as many fucking times as you feel like. We don't care.
2: We're going to get to see Azazel, aren't we?
0: We get to see Azazel next weekend. I
2: am so excited. Yep. So excited.
0: And, of course, like, uh, coming up next weekend on Saturday, we've got the City of Chaos acting classes and filming, where Joseph Bodkin will be doing the acting teaching. Yes! After which, we'll be at Hellbilly Hollow doing their acting and dress rehearsal and filming. Fuck yes. And after that, on Sunday, we'll be at the Haunted Chicken House doing the exact so same much, shit. My head's going to yeah. explode! <laughs> so we're filming Friday, Saturday, and uh, Sunday next yes. weekend, guys. If you want to help us film... Just get in touch with us. Tell us what's up because we're filming on Friday with Azazel. We don't know what the hell we're filming, but it should be interesting and we could probably use some help.
2: And two days ago, we posted a video. Well, Matt posted a video of Carrie and I being the brats that we are. Yes. And not doing what you say.
0: There's a shocker.
2: (laughs) It was fun. We were bicycling in the air.
0: Yep, you were. (laughs) And (laughs) even in reverse. Yeah. And I've been posting up what-are-they-doing pictures of you guys for the past few days on my personal That's profile. actually fun
2: to watch, but while it's happening, it's like, what the fuck, Matt? I feel <laughs> you in your sleep. <laughs> I
0: keep getting in trouble for that, too. Gary yeah. was very mad at me today for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh, Creepy CreepyCon.
0: CreepyCon con posted up about our class that we are doing from four to five o'clock on Saturday, August the 26th. Come out is a Q&;A and a little bit of a workshop where we will talk to you about the cool uses of social media and how to separate your professional from your personal. because all of us need to learn how to do that.
2: Oh, on a side note, Carrie's belly can meow.
0: That was my belly.
2: Okay, I, I've heard her do it even better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that was me. That was a mimic. Uh, yeah, you mimic. Mimic
0: mim- <laughs> the devil.
2: Mimic. Oh, uh, Warehouse Thirty One. Can you tell us more about yeah, that? Yeah, guys.
0: Uh, now, Warehouse Thirty One is uh, has a few more actor work dates. They have the twelfth and twenty sixth of uh, August, and the 9th of September where they will be doing actor workshops and hiring so y'all get out there and get you job at a phenomenal haunted house uh, if you go on their Facebook, they have a place where you can actually apply online at their website, warehouse31.com backslash jobs.
2: Yes, very well said. Oh, uh, Andrew Upshaw uploaded a video. Yeah, that's
0: right. Uh, Grim pestered the shit out of Tutu.
2: <laughs> I did not.
0: Until he did and uploaded a, a video of him working on these fucking kick-ass shoes that he makes, and it was phenomenal. So, yeah. Bug Tutu, Tutu more. Work. Good job, Tutu. I hate we have to bug you to get this uh, <laughs> la- level of calibration out. Hey, he's
2: doing great work. He needs to film you it and post it. need to film it, it and yeah. post
0: it. People need to know.
2: And we already talked about the Haunt Therapy auction. Yes,
0: indeed. Again, so. Haunt auction at CreepyCon, Friday night, 730, or 630, one or the other. Be <laughs> there.
2: And then Conjure. Circle. And exactly. of course,
0: again, we cannot forget to remind you about ContraFest. Conjure Fest is now higher, is now uh, taking vendor applications. If you want to be a vendor at Magic City Conjure, go to Magic City Conjure on Facebook and fill out an application and see if you can become a venda. We will be there vendoring. Um, and uh, yeah, it should be a fun time. That is the 26th. That's our lead in Halloween. September 23rd. Excuse me. September 23rd, mm-hmm. which will be our lead into Halloween.
2: Yes, so um, you guys, if you need to know these dates and you keep forgetting, just message us uh, or anything like that. If you want something to do on the weekends or you want something, there's always something to be had. All kinds of fun to be had. So message us and we can remind you of what's going on when you're free. Indeed. Yes, and today, what did we do today? We
0: went out to a a Mexican restaurant for TJ Miller's birthday with our pops, uh, Tim Miller. Oh, and now you want in on this?
2: It's a kitty kitty.
0: Okay, hold on. Yes, happy birthday, T.J.
2: <laughs> Never mind. She, <laughs> she ran left. away. She
0: left. But happy birthday to T.J. Miller, happy and birthday. thank you to Tim for the food and the slushies.
2: So yummy. And we talk about the haunt tour. Again, bring it up. The fucking hot Tour,
0: guys. Don't forget the September the 8th. There is only 50 tickets available. It's $100 a ticket. You get to go to three amazing haunts. We got five amazing attractions. We're going to feed you. We're going to ship you from point A to point B. You cannot beat that price. There are only 50 tickets. Get your tickets now as soon as you can. They will sell out fucking fast, I imagine.
2: Yes, and that's all for the recap. And I want you guys to know, I made a little nest, and I'm about to lay an egg.
0: Cacao. Grim's gonna lay a kakaw egg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love my little nest.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode of Rotten Mornings.
2: Rotten uh, mornings. Coming up
0: next is some astrology from Carew nah. And then we will Carew, move on. Like
2: caribou. Yeah, she's a caribou. A little caribou.
0: Caribou.
2: The cutest
0: caribou. Yeah. Ah! Stay tuned for cute carry caribou.
2: Yay! <laughs> stay rotten,
1: guys.
0: Stay rotten. Uh <laughs> 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 oh, the scary, stay rotten. Let me suck on that mic.
2: <laughs>
0: stay <laughs> rotten, guys. See you in a second. <laughs>
1: Have you ever wished to hear your horoscope and the Rotten Mornings podcast at the same time? Now you can! Welcome to Carrie's Astrobytes. Bites. Oh! <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Fuck you. Wait. it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an welcome asshole. To Matt's troll no, welcome to Carrie's Aster Bites. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't see you standing right there. I was making a song. They've been there the whole time. Well, I see that now. You didn't tell me, Matt.
0: I don't have to tell you anything. Yes, you do You never what? listen to me, anyhow. <laughs>
1: right there. I mean, I listen sometimes. <laughs> What's fun about listening to you? That doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's the benefit in that for me? It's nothing! Like fucking, turtle. fucking nothing. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, guys, like we were saying, welcome to Carrie's Astro for the week of august 7th 2023 yes that is still the year for some reason we're just kind of stuck in it i'm not a liar i'm not a liar (laughs) liar well you guys know that they came out that the aliens are real i feel like that's you know close to astrology so we can mention that um yeah that's kind of cool uh, i
0: guess we're gonna have to like Go back to the drawing board on this whole like waning cancer and shit because we're gonna have to add all these alien astrologers. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, yeah, we're gonna have to add twelve might more. Just be
0: named Bob and it could have just been a ship that was up there. There's gonna be like
1: an alien version of astrology. Yeah, but what if they made it and sent it down to us? That doesn't make any sense. It makes sense. They sent us the knowledge. You don't understand, okay? You don't understand. My alien friends told me. All right. so this week, on Sunday, August 13th, this is really only the big planet movement, the only big one we got of the week, Venus meets the sun, beginning a new cycle in love and relationships, and during this time, just remember, feelings change sometimes, and to respect and acknowledge it, always put your own feelings first, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, that is all that matters.
0: And don't forget that that theon meteor shower and the super blue moon is coming up.
1: Yes, those are both coming up. And the next <laughs> eclipse is coming up as well in November. So make sure to be on the lookout. And we will keep you guys updated on that on this part of the episode every week. Maybe. <laughs> Good, <but> yeah, we'll <laughs> if, that. yeah, unless I skip hope. through the astrology. Yeah. That happened once. A long time ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry guys. I was failing at life during that time. I was but all right, let's get into it, darn two do <laughs> Aries, this week, as cliche as it sounds, it's important to pick your battles wisely. Your energy is bright and powerful. Don't waste it on undeserving opponents or issues you aren't really invested in. Hmm. Mm. Taurus. This week, try to lean into your soft side. Give the tough exterior a break and express your feelings. Being vulnerable with people you trust can be empowering. And I'm just going to say, you guys, when I was doing um, the horoscopes this week, normally there will be like a common pattern in all of them. But this week there really wasn't. And I feel like that's because of Venus entering the sun Sunday, causing a lot of monumental change in our emotional and mental states and all that fluctuation. Maybe in each sign affects them differently. So yeah, Gemini's, this week there's a good chance that things are in fact less complicated than you're making them out to be. You may be a chameleon, but some people show you exactly who they are. Just pay attention sometimes. Cancer. If you need time to recharge or to sit with your thoughts, grant it to yourself. Just be careful not to become isolated. People can be annoying, but they can also make life sweeter at times. Leo. Leo. This week, remember that it isn't your job to please everyone. Disappointing other people's expectations isn't the worst thing in the world, as long as you are not betraying yourself. Virgo! This week, try to reset the way you look at the world. Practicing reading others' actions through the kindest lens you can. Approaching everyone, including yourself, with a little more generosity will open you up to connection. God damn, <laughs> that's the one voice i hate that, voice. that, that one, one voice, voice. Yeah. i know yeah, please, libra this week remember <laughs> that there are plenty of things worth doing that won't be popular you don't have to dress or talk or feel like everyone around you does you're an individual and you're allowed to act like it scorpio This week you'll miss out if you hide your weaknesses and uncertainties from your friends. Let other people into your process. Ask questions. Accept their support along the way. It'll help you grow.
0: I kind of feel like you're just a few boyfriends from sounding like that.
1: Yeah you would have went in a different direction in your childhood. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm scared. Hmm. Tasty. sagittarius (laughs) Sagittarius. <laughs> sagittarius this week remember that certain people won't ever be persuaded by logical arguments they just want to get a rise out of you but that doesn't mean you have to take the bait know oh. when to argue and know when to walk away you
0: got to know when to hold
1: them. know you when to fold them what
0: you said about getting
1: harder, That's so. not what the song to, is. Alright, no wind to walk away, no when to run. You better count your money when you're sitting at the table. Okay, we're done. God damn it! No, 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 no. And this is where. <laughs> technical difficulties, technical difficulties. <laughs> god damn it technical not again difficult. I'm actually gonna kill myself in a minute <laughs> I can't say that word sewer slide, <laughs> sewer, slide. It's a sewer slide sewer slide <laughs> <laughs> alright guys so anyways Sagittarius this week remember I already did that one fuck you you made Why? me lose my spot getting god, getting god damn out. you quit hitting me <laughs> Damn it. All right, Capricorns. This week work on saying no. If a new no. project seems
0: okay. <laughs> God damn it.
1: All right, guys. Where was I? You were on Sagittarius. Uh, um, back to your regular right, uh, <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled program. Sagittarius. No, we're on Capricorns. This week, work on saying no. If I <laughs> don't fucking say no. <laughs> If a new project seems exciting, but you're already overloaded, sometimes you gotta pass on it. If an invitation is tempting, but your social battery needs recharging, beg off. When everything about an offer looks great, but in your heart or your gut you simply do not want to take it on, say no. You don't need any other reason. You don't have to explain yourself.
0: Holy fuck, that should have been hours. We're screwed. <laughs> that should've been hours.
1: That was mine.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> ah. Aquarius, this week it's crucial not to get so caught up in contemplating that you forget about doing. Focus on getting your hands dirty and interacting with people and putting your ideas to the test. You might find wisdom or clarity that you wouldn't have on your own. I
0: find that hard to believe. Finding wisdom well, I didn't clarity, make I these up my myself,
1: sir. You're going to have to argue with Madame Clairvoyant. clairvoyant. So what?
0: <coughs> what? Clairvoyant?
1: Yeah, that's her name.
0: <coughs> that's a clever name. I heard I'll a clever said uh, that. Drag name. Yeah, like clairvoyant. Yeah, clairvoyant, like clairvoyant. I heard. I heard a clever drag queen <laughs> who recently got her country music christian song to the top yeah. of the christian billboards on spotify because uh-huh. somebody was kind of going to war with them mm-hmm. and uh her name is uh um uh, flamey grant because grant. amy grant is like a famous christian music. that is
2: fucking genius
0: yeah. <coughs> hilarious <coughs> okay Last, but definitely not least.
1: Pisces! Looking at me. I don't like reading you guys's. Why? Because they don't come from me. and I feel like you guys get mad if it's a bad one. What are
0: you talking about? We don't even listen to this podcast. Though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who the fuck listens this like to this podcast? Nobody listened to this. Don't worry,
2: but I take astrology with a grain of salt. Okay. It's... A lot of it's for somebody, but mm-hmm. it's not for everybody, you know? See, you see what it might, I'm saying? It might
1: not apply to me. Exactly, so and it right. may so apply to another Pisces. It might go. apply let to the Pisces moons.
0: You're a stupid fucking bitch, Pisces. What is wrong with you? Why don't you just... That's not what it says. Oh, All <laughs> right, he's done. Okay.
1: <laughs> Pisces, this week it's more important than ever not to give into that instinct of passive aggressiveness. You won't get anywhere by dropping hints or making faces. Being upfront about your feelings might stir up drama, but it's also the best way to get what you want sometimes.
0: That is that's fucking all. the last shit you ever need to tell her. That's the last yeah, thing no. you ever need to I'm tell not her. I'm not
2: taking that advice.
1: <coughs> she
2: that's, doesn't have to take that advice. That's, that's not literally from me. how she lives. That's <laughs> not, not. not
1: from no, me, hey, guys. Fine, you're, you're this is not, not advice directly aggressive. from me. No. No. This is from I the stars. Pacific.
0: That's what I'm saying. If
1: you ever don't like your horoscope, it's not on me. If it's on the stars. If you don't like
0: your horoscope, then change your sign. <laughs> Reborn on a different day, okay?
1: Instead of a Capricorn, I'm now a Capricorn.
0: I identify as a uh, Vegeta. What That's not saying, a sign. No.
2: What she's saying in a lot of ways is this isn't directly... Towards you, this is not an attack towards you. This is nothing like that. And if it bothers you, it might not be for you anyway. But if it bothers you, maybe you know, take a take a second to reflect on yourself. Yeah. It's nothing bad. It doesn't make you bad. Like, <coughs> I don't know how else to put it simply. <coughs> we all, as humans, have our things that we work on
1: every day, Everybody and that is okay. Thoughts. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this shit show called life together, so we can all make it a little easier on each other instead of harder.
0: I've always Fire. looked well at horoscopes sort of the same way I look at fortune cookies is mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily a science. It's not necessarily a factual thing, mm-hmm. but every single horoscope that you ever read can apply to anybody at some point in their life. So yes. it doesn't make, make it a
2: non-factual exactly. thing
0: either. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it will always be true for everyone, mm-hmm. but this is an easy way to get great tips and great helpful ideas about just living life in general going forward and why be overloaded with a thousand statements, you can go and find your horoscope, mm-hmm. and it'll give you one great fucking tip just to going forward in yeah. life. Yeah, and
1: I feel Very like helpful. with tarot, it's like kind of like with tarot. Like if you see Terrorism. a tarot post on social media is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the thing is, is you got to take what applies and don't take what doesn't apply. You know what applies to you, and you know what doesn't apply to you more than anybody else because you're the one living in your own head.
0: Well, that's to say also that being... I'm a big reader of people. Yes. Like my whole entire existence is gauging someone's involvement, entertainment level, whether or not I'm actually connecting with them on a psychological level. Mm -hmm. I read people when it comes down to tarot reading or palm reading. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff in the cards, but a lot of the stuff comes from the person you're actually with. Yes. I have way more faith in tarot cards because of people readers. Yes. Than I do in a, like yes. That's
1: why I said it's like when I say that, it's more specifically like when you're scrolling through TikTok yes. and you see and a tarot you see it card. Saying, hey,
0: da, yeah. da, 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 da. you
1: take what applies to you and you don't take what because doesn't.
0: Because every single solitary thing that comes out of tarot cards mm-hmm. or fortune telling or. It's useful
2: tools for reflection. And literally, other that
0: things. is the baseline yes. of what an affirmation is. Mm-hmm. Tarot cards and shit like that, those are just extra ways to produce affirmations for yourself. Yes. A tarot card or a astrology or a, a horoscope reading is literally a topa that you can put faith into and manipulate and mold into being you by accepting the fact that it can mm-hmm. be true.
1: So overall, like we said, guys, just remember to take everything with a grain of salt. Sometimes take what applies to you. Don't take what doesn't. Nobody knows you better than you. So that's up to you. And, and all fine. in
0: all, we'll only tell every single fucking sign in the fucking world. Just goddamn get along with each other.
1: Yeah, we promote peace here.
0: Peace and
2: love. Peace and carrots. also, don't take no shit.
0: But don't take no shit. At the same time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no when to fold them, no when to walk away, no when to run, and no when to kick some fucking ass.
0: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, guys, that's... uh. Carrie's, Astro Carrie's Bites for the week of out. whatever. Well, it's All right, watch no. <laughs> Flint. Because I thought you were gonna hit me. Now, like I, feel right now. I feel bad. Yeah, I'm running. I feel bad. She's got sure aggressions. Do. I don't have aggressions. I love that you have to tell them that
1: you feel bad. <laughs> I feel so bad, guys. Uh, I promise anyway, so you, I don't this hit has been
0: him. Matt
1: this is Matt's last line. bite, so we're canceling this fucking no, show. No, no, this night, is now. Carrie's AstroBites. Yay! <laughs> 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 oh, going
0: to stick my foot up your ass. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and now it's another movie review brought to you by Rotten Reviews. Rotten Reviews Reviews. reviews? reviews.
2: And that's
0: movies.
2: Movies? Yeah, what they said.
0: Let's talk some shit. It's time for another movie review. Oh my god.
2: Hello guys and welcome MAG, don't you start it like that, you fucking son of a bitch. Fuck you! Hey guys. <laughs> Do it
0: right. Uh hey guys, we are here with another Movie Review. A
2: movie review. Ooh.
0: Movie review V. <laughs> oh my
1: god. I don't want any ravioli, ravioli, give me the formioli, Mr. I Krab. Did it. It <laughs> shit. Oh! If oh. you the can see the that fucking
0: dead in her it. eyes <laughs> that begins to form as she's going through these SpongeBob books.
1: Me <laughs> hoy, me hoy, me hoy, me hoy, me hoy.
0: Yep, that's it. Uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, for our movie review. We watched an old gym called Scott Pilgrim Versus the World. This is an Edgar Wright
2: film. No, he's not an actual pilgrim.
0: He's not a pilgrim, and he doesn't actually verse the world at all.
2: And I gotta say, I am totally in lesbians with it.
0: I am in lesbians with this movie also.
2: Yeah, same.
0: This movie is so well put together. The cinematography is wild. Um, The way they filmed it, like a video game where they had people that had no idea how to fight but they spiced it up like the same way you would edit a video game and made it look like these people had knew how to fight
2: like comic style yeah Yeah. from what i heard um it was actually a great comic to movie translation and it made me want to watch i mean not watch read read the comics (laughs) and the
0: comics are a little bit different and they end very differently like i told you there's a kind of an alternate ending to it Mm -hmm. uh but I would definitely recommend it, but the comic books are very, very different than the movie because the comic books are very, like, low edited. Mm -hmm. Like, they're very softly animated comic books, but they're still badass. They have some of the comic reels that show in the movie when she's explaining the backstory of some of her evil exes. Um, Now, if you've uh, heard the name Edgar Wright, it is because he did, of course, the uh, Cornada trilogy, which is... Uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and uh, World's End Uh, this movie he did not do with Edgar Wright or Simon Pegg and you may also know him from doing Justice League uh, edits and releasing uh, or doing the pre ones as well as doing some Marvel movies uh, that he was going to originally direct Ant-Man didn't work out for him I'm sure that would have been an interesting thing but Edgar Wright badass director this fucking movie We'll blow your mind. If you want to see a great way to transition your movie scenes and you're just trying to think of something creative, watch this movie. This movie is chock full of clip transitions that will like, you'll, you'll be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So good. Why
2: are you looking at me?
0: Well, you're supposed to talk.
2: All right. Okay, I thought this movie was a great blend of comedy, romance, and action, and a little bit of sci-fi that was mixed into it. Um, it's a very immature movie, but the acting, in my opinion, is pretty good and appropriate for the theme. I was happy with the amount of depth they gave to the characters as well, and the music was amazing, everyone played their part perfectly, and the, uh, the winning winning. Ugh. The whining of Scott Pilgrim kind of put me off a little bit and it seemed like he should have been more attractive but at the same time it just it made it more comedic yeah. how they went about it.
0: Like almost absurd because yeah. he was such a little bitch. and he it was, was so, such
2: a little whiny it bitch. It was so absurd
0: how much of a little whiny bitch he was mm-hmm. and then as soon as like somebody's like, I'm gonna fight you and then he's like, oh I'm a fucking badass.
2: Yeah. Like I don't worry like, about anything but then he seems like he
0: worries about Everything.
2: Yes, I I did think that at first it was, why are you running from these problems with these girls and this and that, but he didn't want to hurt her feelings was the true fault of it. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of sweet. It showed that he actually does care. It's not just him trying to play these women that he keeps talking about dating or something like that, but no, he just didn't want to hurt them.
0: It definitely, to me, it feels like a metaphor for getting into a relationship that is above the level of sort of high school immaturity Mm -hmm. when you first get into your first serious relationship. That's not just a toss off high school
2: Mm -hmm. goof
0: relationship. And you both look backwards and see what you went through and you gauge that person by their past transgressions, not giving them the chance to literally remake themselves because Mm -hmm. we consistently do that throughout life. So it was like sort of proving that digging into the past, like everybody's got a fucking past and some of them are fucking horrible. And if somebody wants to share with you, that's great. But their past, again, does not define them as what Mm -hmm. they will be when you meet them. So whatever they did before does not mean they'll do it again. It doesn't mean they won't do it again. But it's a new person. Every minute, someone is a new person.
2: I thought that in the beginning, I thought I was going to hate this movie because it was a 22-year-old dating a 17-year-old. And I was like, oh, fuck, that was such a, uh But it, it made sense for the movie. Yeah. I, it played into it, and there wasn't anything like, bad going on between the two, really. Yeah, they so made it, it very like, clear that yeah. Scott
0: wasn't even holding her hand or kissing her, that it was more like he was just... Dating a 17-year-old. He was 22. And she like even made four. the comment about her dad being, like, nine years older than her mom. And he's only three years older than her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, or four years older than her. That,
2: I mean, just for the movie purpose itself, like, it made sense for the plot.
0: It's it's hilarious. The way yeah. they deal with all of these different, like, really, like, heavy topics is so toss-offish and humorous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the, the theatrics of their movements and the motions of scene to scene and how they they literally made a montage of conversation so like in a movie you watch a movie like rambo and when he's like beefing up and doing his training they'll throw it into like a one minute montage and that encompasses like a solid week of him working out Mm -hmm. and getting ready now he's ready to go this movie took a conversation and did a week-long montage of where they were coming in. So these people are so boring that they finish a conversation over a week's time. <laughs> Just think about it. When Scott's there and he's like, I don't know what to do. And then, boom, they're in the house. And he's like, well, here's what you're going to do. And then, boom, they're in the street. The and
2: transitions like, yes. and the... it's so fucking genius But it the makes way they it look
0: it. like all that, that time that they're not there... They're literally not saying anything and just being boring and humdrum. Uh-huh. So this movie is about a band that is the most boring humdrum band until they have to fight people.
2: I, I want to say that I loved Ramona portraying this, like, manic pixie dream girl aesthetic. Like, that uh-huh. was fun to see all of that.
0: Yes, I I just, I I love the shit out of this movie. Carrie, Mm -hmm. what are are your thoughts about it?
2: This movie's pretty freaking good, guys. I think you should, you know, give it a watch. 10 out of 10.
0: (laughs) She gives it a 10 (laughs) out of 10.
2: (laughs) I liked how at the end, uh, Knives realized that, that was the young girl, realized that she could do much better than Scott. Um, And so she's like, okay, encouraged him to be with Ramona. And then it was like such a grow up moment for her. Yeah. Because she was obsessed with him there for a while. And I was like, oh, I don't want this to just be her. (coughs) No, she grew as a character. And that's like
0: another really big thing about the juxtaposition between their characters is you see Knives is at the point that Ramona was at when she Mm -hmm. met Gideon. Because Ramona talks about how she was obsessed with Gideon. And they show how Knives, through the the progression of this, was able to get out of that phase, whereas Ramona was still rolling in that face
2: yes uh knives not only was she getting over being obsessed and all of that she went through all of these transitions which was fun too to see all of her uh glow up happen yeah but uh even though that was still happening she still wanted what was best for scott even though scott didn't give her the time of day that she deserved she was a great character i loved her the most
0: agreed but and even Brie Larson badass, uh, was, too. was badass, and the mm-hmm. fucking that one song from Clash at Demonhead that she does always gets stuck in my fucking head. Uh, there was
2: there was something I read online about the characters in this movie not blinking for any of their scenes. Really, that, yeah. that
0: wouldn't surprise me.
2: Like the director, I think, told them not to blink.
0: So it's more cartoon, it's more comic so. book because yeah. people don't blink in comic books. I think okay. Because why would they? Why would you draw? And so their animate? eyes don't
2: get dry. It's paper. It's really going to dry their eyes out.
0: It's a drawing,
2: But Grim. it's, it's not paper.
0: real, <laughs> you idiots. So, yeah, guys, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World might be uh, an older film, and it's been a while since, uh, you know, it, it, it's it been out for a while. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet, go check it out. If you have, watch it again.
2: It's fun for your eyes. Great
0: fucking movie. Go check out Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, directed by Edgar Wright.
2: Yes. And the music in this is fun.
0: Yes. That's it.
2: All right.
0: Okay, guys, get the hell out of my life. Go fuck
1: yourself. <laughs> Go
0: fuck yourself.
2: Hey, listeners, want to choke me? God
0: damn it, Grim, that's not the lines we talked about.
2: Uh, hey, listeners, want to actually learn something here? Well, get a load of Grimm's poetry shorts. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, oh, shit.
0: What? Oh, I, oh I, <laughs> yeah, I did the wrong day. <laughs> Okay, and it's
2: fixed (laughs) Again, welcome back to Grimm's Poetry Shorts. This week we shine a spotlight on Stephen Crane. This poem speaks to me dearly. This is In the Desert by Stephen Crane. I saw a creature, naked, bestial, who squatting upon the ground, held his heart in his hands, and ate of it. I said, Is it good, friend? It is bitter. Bitter, he answered, but I like it, because it is bitter, and because it is my heart. I love it! It was short and bitter.
0: So he rolled up <laughs> on some bitter big dude eating his own heart?
2: Yeah. Hmm, before. <laughs> so...
0: Eat your heart out.
2: <laughs> Eat your heart out. <laughs> Eat your heart
0: out, hey. <laughs> That's
2: probably what he sounded yeah.
0: like. <laughs> uh, it's bitter. I like it, but it's... It's bitter. <laughs>
2: chum. So, what'd you say?
0: Chum. <laughs> it's Jesus. bitter, chum.
2: All right, shut the fuck up. The emptiness of the desert represents the figure's solitude and loneliness. All he has is his own emotions, his heart, and it is eating away. He is eating away <laughs> the heart because he has nothing else.
0: I was going to say, like, in the desert, pee. Is better than eating your own heart, because you will still gotta have some life. kind of other sustenance. Yeah, but you, if you eat your heart, you kind of defeat the purpose well, of eating to stay alive.
2: Obviously, he's still alive while he's eating that. He's speaking. That doesn't but, make
0: any damn sense.
2: Well, you know, that's all right. It's <laughs> Oh my God! So life, Stephen Crane seems to be saying, is lonely and hard, and humankind has a self-destructive tendency
0: to eat its own heart instead of drinking its own pee, which is sanitary.
2: Exactly. All right. So Stephen Crane was born November 1st, 1871 in New York. New York. New York. New. It's Newark. New York. New Jersey. Crane was the 14th and last child of writer and suffragist Mary Helen Peck Crane. Damn.
0: Jesus, Mary Helen Pet Crane. Yeah, and... Uh, this is, <laughs> like, named because she was known to have, like, a pet crane or something.
2: I don't fucking know. Like, that whole last name
0: thing. <laughs> like, oh, well, their last name's where they're from. Yeah, I'm from, uh, I was adopted from a pet crane store. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and Reverend Jonathan comments. Townley Crane, a Methodist Episcopal.
0: What? Hold um, on. Episcopal. Let me see. What's that? Episcopal.
2: Episcopal minister. I thought
0: that was Episcopalian, <laughs> but it just says Episcopal. It doesn't have the E. Yeah, name I, it confused Episcopal. me.
2: Episcopal. <laughs> so, raised by his older sister, Agnes, the young crane attended preparatory school at Cleverett College.
0: That's going to fuck me up, like the young crane. Every time you say that, I'm going to see like a little baby crane, like. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Having little interest in university studies
0: and crackers instead, oh,
2: shut up. he was active in a fraternity, but he left sacros Sierra ralcolum <laughs> University in 1891 to work as a reporter and writer. The secret of Crane's success was his war correspondent, journalist, novelist, short story writer, and poet. Like what the say fuck pr- did I just say?
0: I would say proofreading is something that probably helped him in his success. Not me. I not, don't proofread. Clearly not.
2: <laughs> I do not help myself. I make it hard for myself. I like it hard.
0: Like, like you make it hard on yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm skipping through that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of words in that That's one. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> Stephen's father was the presiding elder of the Methodist Conference, and because of his job, the family moved from city to city in New Jersey while Stephen was a child and young boy. <laughs> he was also fascinated with military history and attended Claverick College, a military school. He was briefly he also briefly attended both Lafayette College and, you know what, that doesn't, I don't even like that word, I'm not saying it. Okay, <laughs> he liked playing baseball. Two of his brothers were journalists. Crane's work reflected many major artistic concerns at the end of the 19th century, especially naturalism, impressionalism, and symbolism. His work insisted that we live in a universe of vast and indifferent natural forces, not a world of divine providence or a certain moral order.
0: Maraudle. Maraudle. Yeah,
2: he won international acclaim in 1895 for his Civil War novel, *The Red Battle Rouge of Courage*. Oh, that was a part of courage. A Civil War tale, and he wrote without having any battle experience. He did not fight in the Civil War, even though he wrote about. It. He sat in the park and got all of his information from veterans that were there. Yep, that's that's what he wrote about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't fight in. So I again, just taught the cokes.
2: Yeah, so again. I just kind of
0: sat on my car and watched the battle in front of me.
2: No war experience during this. That changed, however, when he became a foreign war correspondent, first in Greece, then during the Spanish American War in Cuba. January 1st, 1893. He wrote Maggie's, it's just called Maggie's Release, I believe, calling the book the most truthful and unhacknied, unhacknied, whatever that fucking word what? is that we now have Now, let me
0: see this one now. I don't think it's Study of slums. I haven't
2: okay. read. <laughs> in 1893, the first book of Maggie, uh, A Girl in the Streets. What the fuck? I guess it was a actually. In the okay, sheets. so it was a release and a re-release. Okay. While Crane was likely had, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's so this is great. Oh the first one was a draft that he published. Okay, got it. So, uh this was a novella, A Girl of the Streets.
0: Come learn with us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I never know what the fuck I write, even though I just wrote it. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> So, this book was initially rejected by several publishers who feared that Crane's description of slum life would shock readers. Crane ended up publishing the work himself, and it was under the pseudonym Johnston Smith. Yep. In 1897, Crane set sail for Cuba. I wrote that twice. I don't know why. However, (laughs) say it again.
0: Maybe it's important. It's going to be the test. Crane
2: set sail for Cuba. Cuba. Yay! However, after the ship on which he was traveling, the SS Commodore sank. Crane spent a day and a half adrift with three other men. His account of the ordeal resulted in one of the world's great short stories, "The Open Boat." (laughs) Same thing. I'm sure that's what they did. And I apparently wrote this again.
0: He set sail for Cuba.
2: And also wrote three times, in 1898, <gasps> Crane went to Greece. Okay. Yay. That is also
0: clearly important. Remember that.
2: Taking with him Cora Taylor, a former brothel proprietor.
0: There's a lot of tongue tying in your <laughs> writing.
2: <laughs> brothel proprietor. In 1900, he died at age 28, so he lived a very short life.
0: Yeah, oh, damn.
2: And uh, so Crane. Okay, so going back, of course, I just wanted to add that. I guess. Yes. And uh, 1899, Crane, along with Cora Taylor, checked into a health spa at the edge of Black Forest, Germany. One month later is when he died of tuberculosis. Keep saying Cora
0: Taylor, and I keep yelling Corey Taylor, the lead singer of Slipknot. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs>
0: him and Corey Taylor were hanging out.
2: She actually went by at least fifteen different names, so it was like. Oh, man, it was so fucking... She married so many different times and also had to go under different aliases because of different scandals that she was a part of and um, just bad reputation because... I'm
0: wondering if, like, her last names range from, like, Pet Cat, Pet Lizard, Pet It was so many things. Like, there was,
2: like, five of them was, like, Madame something.
0: (laughs) Madame bullshit. I don't know. Madame butthole hurts.
2: I'll mention this more later, but uh, she took on his last name, even though, like, so it was Cora Crane in most of this, but even though she was married to somebody else at the time that would not grant her a divorce. (laughs) Yeah. So, Cora Crane was an American businesswoman, nightclub, and bordello owner, writer, and journalist. She uh, is also best known for being the common law wife of writer Stephen Crane. So, blah, blah, blah. You get that. Yeah. I got it. I I didn't... 1896 and his death... Whatever, I fucking just... I don't know what the fuck I just did. <laughs> yeah, she took his name even though they never married. She was still uh, legally married to Captain Donald William Stewart, who owned a brothel. Is No. No, she owned the brothel. He didn't. <laughs> Why did fucking I write great, that? dude. Right. <laughs>
0: So, guys, if you could just sift through all this and pick <laughs> out the stuff that you like and you just make that their <laughs> All <you> right. <laughs> so,
2: uh, she was mostly known as Grand Madame of Jacksonville. Yep.
0: That's fucking great. Yep.
2: I wrote little, it again. Enough. I wrote it again that she was still married to somebody else and I just fucking wrote that out how many times and I just write everything. <laughs> God fucking damn it! You're in
0: there's like, hey, God, I'm all writing all this shit and you were just like literally copying... <laughs> All work and no play makes Grim a dull boy <laughs>
2: over and over again. Why did I just write this eighty seven uh, times? <laughs> um I, I probably you know what? If I repeat myself, I'm just it's okay, you didn't hear it. All right, her husband. What? <laughs> where am I? Where, All right. I'm just gonna fucking read it, okay? Her and Stephen Crane encountered financial trouble associated with her properties and endured a murder trial. Her husband, Hammond McNeil, shot and killed another man who he presumed to be Cora's lover. It is important to note that Cora was also marrying different rich men and having affairs constantly. After Crane's death, she returned to Jacksonville and financed and constructed another brothel and within five years owned several other resorts. Cora was the queen of the good time girls and greased the legal machinery to stay in business. I don't fucking know what that means. But anyway, she married yet again to the nephew of Whistler's mother.
0: Whistler's Mother <laughs> That's the most drunken way you could say that That She's Whistler and that woman Whistler. in the
2: painting I don't know what I did That Whistler and that woman in the painting So I think Whistler's it was,
0: Mother the, yeah. pit, the, the famous painting of Whistler's Mother I don't mother. know
2: anything about it Anyway, It's like an
0: old lady in a rocking chair I think
2: Okay Hardly monogamous, Cora took another lover And a new husband blah, blah, blah. Yeah shut up Less than thrilled, he shot that lover as well
0: Y'all gonna get shot. To he come was acquitted. In here, coming for that. He
2: pussy. was a, he was acquitted <laughs> and called it quits on the marriage. Cora returned to using the name Cora Crane, even though you know the other guy was dead. That I'm actually supposed to be talking about instead. What do you mean? I'm a crane. You're not <laughs> a crane.
0: I identify as a crane. I'm gonna pick this rock up and set it over here.
2: Cora later died <laughs> in 1910 at the age of 45, having suffered a stroke after helping someone push a stalled car.
0: <laughs> that's funny. What? <laughs> and that's the crane story about no. his wife. Alright, back, <laughs> back to Crane. Back to Crane.
2: While writing the first novel Maggie, A Girl of the Streets, he lived in the slums and gained first hand knowledge of poverty and life in the streets. Once he even dressed as a tramp and spent the night in a flop house.
0: A flop house.
2: <laughs> this is where
0: they make flip flops, right? What? Flip flops. The
2: shoes? Oh, I don't think so. Oh. This produced the short story "Experiment in Misery" and inspired many other writers to look for story ideas in the Lower East Side, the Bowery.
0: The Bowery, yeah.
2: Yeah. The area had once housed a thriving district of shops and mansions, but had been placed by post, replaced by post, (laughs) civil war, (laughs) dance halls and brothels. (laughs) I put that sentence in the wrong area. And I put continue. Continue. <laughs>
0: no. You literally write on your phone like you write in a notebook. But yeah. you don't have places to, like, fill in the blanks and point your arrows to oh, Yeah. <laughs> Dancehall's
2: buttholes for dancing.
0: Yes. <laughs> Dancehall. <laughs>
2: In 1893, Crane began writing his most famous novel, *The Red Badge of Courage*. I oh, yeah, I've heard that. that okay. Disgusted by the emotionless magazine stories published about the Civil War, Crane sought to write a psychological portrayal of fear. Fear. The novel, a romanticized depiction of the American Civil War from the point. This is fucking makes no sense. All right, skipping through that.
0: The Red Badge of. Uh, yeah. So. Of whatever sounds like herpes.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: suffering from repetitive Reth- what
0: <laughs> something repetitive that's, bad that's health I don't know fuck. I don't know what
2: I said <laughs> Oh,
0: repetitive Come. I
2: just started writing stuff at this point <laughs> fact, during his time of working in the slums as the war correspondent he had contracted malaria and yellow fever these diseases weakened him but it was tuberculosis that posed the real threat he and Taylor checked into a German health spa but one month later Crane passed away he went black. Interesting. So, his mother, a strongly religious person who served as a spokeswoman for the women's Women's Christian Temperance Union, likely in jest, Crane called his family an old ambling nag, saddlebag, exhorted kind. Despite his great uncle's elevated stature in the church as a church bishop,
0: <laughs> okay.
2: His father died when Crane was eight leaving the boy's upbringing largely to his mother and his sister agnes 15 years his senior hugh encouraged his writing he was a sickly boy but that did not dampen his quirkly rebellious nature once on the way to a temperance lecture of all things the six-year-old boy pulled out a cigarette and proceeded to smoke it just to amaze his friends
0: amaze his friends
2: yeah that's amazing The next day, he went to a fair and had a beer. In his early teens, Crane angrily quit Pennington Cemetery after a teacher called him a liar in a dispute over a hazing incident.
0: An amazing hazing incident.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, as I was saying, his Maggie novel, which tells of the descent of an innocent abused girl into prostitution... What the fuck did I just say? And her eventual suicide, publishers who rejected Maggie did so because they feared its description of slum life would shock and offend readers. In 1890...
0: Wait, didn't you just say that earlier? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Matt.
2: Shut up, Matt. Yeah, okay. <coughs> Meanwhile, Crane had become involved in a string of relationships with women raised eyebrow. Okay? Because what? two of them were already no, taken. His
0: relationship with women... Raised the eyebrows. Yeah.
2: Helen Trent, a singer, was engaged to be married, and he took up with her. Boogie boogie. Yeah.
0: Boogie boogie boogie.
2: A few months later, in the spring of 1892, he became romantically involved with Lily Brandon Monroe, a married woman of some standing but estranged from her husband. He asked her to elope with him but could not overcome her family's objections to his lack of money and prospects. Huh. <laughs> He was also seen as a frail and unhealthy individual who smoked, excess... Hey, so... he <laughs> smoked a lot, <laughs> and despite his chronic hacking cough.
0: So this was guy, like this was fucking catcher in the rye, dude.
2: I don't know he's what the like fuck, fuck you talking about.
0: He's like some little emo kid that's like, yeah. oh, slum life, yeah. If he's emo, huh. that's not how he's saying it. He's saying it
1: like.
0: Yeah. You don't understand me, slum wife. Get out of my way.
2: Yeah. Several years later, he asked again for her to elope with him, and again she refused. After Monroe, he romanticized Nellie Krauss, a socialite from Ohio, whom he idolized. But she didn't return his affection and terminated their relationship after telling him she preferred society men with high mind. Yes. At the point in Crane's <laughs> life, it is fair to say he was most assuredly not lucky in love.
0: <laughs> I love how your sentences just kind of go away. I just kind of lead off no. the edge of a cliff.
2: <laughs> I cut that sentence and just moved on like (laughs) i don't like i don't want to finish this (laughs) (laughs) it's just i I set myself up for disaster
0: (laughs) (coughs) she sabotaged her own writing
2: (laughs) it's okay it's fun just fill in the blanks guys we have a
0: whole entire class to teach soon
2: (laughs) i'll be doing the same thing i
0: don't know i don't know just go with it Go dance over there and shut
2: (laughs) the fuck up. Unfortunately for Crane, while reveling in his fame, he managed to shoot himself in the foot with a scandal involving a prostitute named Dora Clark. I think that's
0: metaphorically shoot himself in the foot. I
2: think he really shot himself in the foot. I I don't think that's. I think so. He's probably missing some toes. He had been hired by Will, William. (laughs) 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 I wrote it five times in five different ways. I don't know why i couldn't tell
0: it william 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 I, william I guess i thought
2: fuck it i don't feel like deleting it <laughs> keep going
0: hilarious
2: okay so william randolph hearst new york journal to cover up the tinderloin area oh cover the tinderloin area i think that's what i meant literally, to say
0: literally the sentence you just read makes no fucking sense <laughs> not like a lot of them have
2: area in new york known for its sex trait police corruption and drugs One night in September, whatever year it was, he met up with two chorus girls, Street, Argo, or four prostitutes.
0: I feel like I'm having a goddamn stroke. Are you leaving? (laughs) And there was
2: only two chairs in the room, but there was a hashish parlor, hashish parlor. Hashish. Hashish. And Dora Clark was sitting on one of the tables and joined them as they left.
0: What is happening right now?
2: A plain clothes. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, and a policeman that wasn't dressed as a policeman tried to arrest Clark for solicitation near the tables.
0: I'm so fucking amazed we've gotten here.
2: <laughs> as well as one of the chorus girls.
0: <coughs> what the fuck are you talking about?
2: Whom Crane tried to save by claiming to be her husband. He also told the officer that Clark had been respectable. Bob wrote Grimm's notes for. <laughs> yeah, no shit. While in their company, he had done nothing wrong. <laughs> but the policeman still took her to the station house.
0: <laughs> and that's the story of the Berenstein Band. <laughs> no,
2: there's more. There's part two. Oh, fuck. She was released the next morning by the magistrate after Crane identified himself and the tables. <laughs> <laughs> what tables? Why are the tables in here? What the fuck is that? He told them... He told them, I'm the red badge author, and then vouched for her. And then, in an ensuing newspaper piece, he justified his actions on moral and principled grounds without referencing the tables again. What the fuck is the tables? In the hashish parlor of his awareness, the clerk was a prostitute. What the fuck are you saying? I'm trying. Damn it. This is a whole story. Are you not invested? I'm fucking invested here. I'm
0: (laughs) deeply invested in finding the words that you have left out on so many occasions. Uh, Like, just like nouns, verbs, adjectives, like, even full ending of sentences.
2: Two weeks later, Dora Clark filed charges and the police's (laughs) face dropped. (laughs) The officer for wrongful arrest... (laughs) And in turn, he tracked her down two days later and beat her. (laughs) Crane agreed to serve as a witness for Clark. In May, he had written an article on opium smoking in the tenderloin. What the fuck? In an action seemingly intended to intimidate him, police obtained a warrant to search his apartment to look for the tables.
0: God damn it! We're back on the fucking tables! I still
2: don't know what the tables are! Instead, he found a bunch of opium and pipes and other paraphernalia, which he claimed to be souvenirs.
0: They couldn't find the fucking tables because they could find little tiny pipes. What kind of a fucking table is it? Is the word table, or did you just like?
2: It is.
0: This are you is sure a true you didn't story. just Mad Lib the fuck out of this? No,
2: I swear. And like
0: have like adverb here, add noun here. I swear. Okay. So, Am I dying?
2: (laughs) The cop kept these souvenirs. His story during his testimony before the commission board, however, was feeble and uncompelling. (laughs) Hmm. Amy Leslie and Sadie Traffigan, sisters with assumed names, were both prostitutes. They lived in an apartment in the midst of the brothels and opium parlors, where the janitor testified that Crane had once lived with Amy in her apartment for six weeks. <laughs>
0: if you say anything about a goddamn Matt, table, I'm going to lose my Matt, fucking shit. Matt.
2: <laughs> and during the summer, the suit against the police was dismissed. Good. They couldn't find the tables.
0: I fucking hate, I don't, I hate everything about this.
2: In the end, Crane's reputation was badly tarnished in his career as an investigative reporter. And all of that ended. Theodore Roosevelt at the time was a police commissioner for the New York City, and the two had been friendly terms prior to the Dora Clark. He was in an era of Crane's writing, but he became angered by Crane's testimony on behalf of Clark, <laughs> as well as an earlier newspaper article on the New York police. Roosevelt severed their relationship thereafter and had nothing to do with Crane. Still aggravated, during an interview years later, he was elected president. He thundered, "Crane was a man of bad character, simply consorting with loose women on tables." And You're he's a fucking liar. No, no, and he's dead. Then. <laughs> I hate this. Why? I don't know
0: what the fuck just happened. I don't understand the table thing. I am.
2: It was a whole court case. It was a scandal. About. It blew table. up. It was in like all the newspapers. And they
0: couldn't find the tables.
2: No, they. But couldn't.
0: he had to tell them that they were his tables. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that? To prove
2: his innocence.
0: Because of tables. Yes. There's nothing there. There's just tables. You just keep saying tables.
2: The tables are there. The oh, tables are there. there. He the lied court case about tables. Yes. What the fuck? They only found opium.
0: I, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I give up.
2: And he's dead. The end.
0: The end, guys. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rotten Mornings. Uh, yeah, I know we did. I feel it like... was a
2: great story. That's why you know it's last but not least.
0: Indeed, we're gonna go out on a high note.
2: Mm-hmm. Opium.
0: Opium. So hide your tables,
2: especially if they're red. They're
0: yeah. They're gonna get them. Yep. Little, little crane.
2: Yep. I
0: liked it better when it was a bird story. Okay, anyways. Guys, that's all we got uh, for this morning. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a great rest of the morning. Uh, stay rotten, guys. Stay rotten. You can say it too, I Carrie. think they
2: were red tables. Stay rotten! <laughs> <laughs>